Right now at Safeway, save on all your personal care favorites during the Buy 3, Save $3 sale. During the Buy 3, Save $3 sale at Safeway, buy three of your favorite personal care items like Dove Shampoo, Dove Antiperspirant Deodorant, Dove Men's Body Wash, Tresemme Hairspray, or Axe Shower Gel and save $3. Offer expires November 28th. Restrictions apply. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local store for full offer details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I am thrilled about tonight's teaching. I don't know how far I'll be able to get, and, uh, but we're going to get as far as we can tonight. Look at the neighbor and say, this is going to be good for us tonight. No, y'all didn't say it like I said it. Man. Tell them, say, this is going to be good for us tonight. Amen. Lift your Bible and say, let's make our confession together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply. Amen. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Reverend those watching on the internet campus, I'm certain we have a spike tonight. Amen. We're just going to thank God for uh, uh, maize with no snow. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. I remember a couple years ago it snowed in May, late in May. And I, and I, I said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. You got it? Y'all ain't got it? Y'all got it. Y'all got to say something to me. Y'all got it? Now, just because it's snowing don't mean you can't talk. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. You got it? All right, here it is. But now you yourselves, say your name. Put off your anger. Put off your hot anger, which is wrath. Put off your malice. Put off your blasphemy. Stop cussing. And look at the neighbor. Just give them a, just, just wink at them because you know, you know they're trying to act like they ain't never done that. Just, just uh-huh. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. It gets better. Stop lying to one another. If it's a friend and you don't love them just because they said it, don't feel obligated to say it back. Because that's a lie. If somebody asks you how you doing and you're not doing well, stop saying, I'm all right. Because that's a lie. It's real. Okay, I can see. It's going to be one of those messages. All right, cool. That's cool because it's throwing. So I'm feeling a little jumping anyhow. So it is. He says, stop lying to one another since you put off, watch this, the old man. Say Adam. 
Say, I put him off. Say, I killed him. <laughs> Verse 10, and have put on the new man who is renewed in what? Knowledge. Say, if I know better, I can choose to do better. Okay. Knowing better is not enough by itself because you can know and still choose not to do. According to the image of him who created him. Father, speak to us in such a powerful, poignant, profound way as we move and walk in those things that you've ordained. As we learn to handle conflict, disagreement, and confrontation. We honor you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody just give God a shout if you would. I said give him a shout if you would. You can be seated. I want to move in this tonight, and I want to get as far as I can tonight, because the truth is, you're real good, but that neighbor of yours, many people simply don't know how to interact well with other people. Oh, God. I said, many people simply do not know how to interact well with other people, and the truth is, is that's because our old nature doesn't interact well. Uh, 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 ma ma matter of fact, Adam, look, if, if you look in Genesis about how Adam interacted uh, with other individuals, you found out that Adam didn't know how to interact well with God, and he didn't know how to interact well with others. Uh, he was very poor at his relational skills. Uh, in fact, if you look at the life of Adam, you discover that Adam only did two things when it came to how he interacted with people. Number one, he blamed God. Uh, it, it, it couldn't have been the fact that he didn't do what he was supposed to. It couldn't have been the fact that he was disobedient. It couldn't have been the fact that uh, he didn't follow the order that was set. It was always, well, God, uh, this, this is your issue. You remember what happened. Uh, the Bible says that Adam and Eve, they got involved with something they shouldn't have gotten involved in. And then what takes place after that? And God comes down. And when God comes down, the Bible says that they had made fig leaves and coverings for themselves. And then they tried to hide from God. And God, he's walking through the garden. And he's saying, listen, uh, uh, Adam, where are you at? He, he's, he's trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And when they finally meet face to face and God confronts Adam, we have this very interesting discussion. Uh, 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 the discussion goes something like this. God asks Adam some questions. And then Adam's respond, Adam responds to those questions by saying something like this. Uh, God, it's that woman you gave me. Did you see what he said? He said, I'm not even willing to accept responsibility. This is your fault, God, because the, if you wanted this not to happen, you never should have gave me that woman. God, I wish I had somebody here. How, how much stuff do we blame on God? And it's not really God's fault. The truth of the matter is, it, it's just the way we dealt with what God gave us. You've got somebody in your family that's sitting up mad and angry at God and mad and angry at what's going on. And they're saying, well, God should have did this and God should have did that. Could it be that it wasn't God, but it was simply what you did with what God gave you? I need you to just touch your neighbor and say, Michael Jackson has a message. Uh-huh. He's got a message for you. Start with the man in the mirror. Uh-huh. Second thing Adam did, second thing Adam did is he blamed others. So remember, he says, God, uh, uh, God, uh, it's that woman you gave me. So in that one sentence, we have two deflections of responsibility. He blames God. Then he says, and God, if I can't stick this on you, put it on her. So uh, the truth of the matter is, is that if we're all honest, we all have done that in our interactions with people. We blame stuff on God, and then when we can't figure out, if, when, we, when we, you know, because there's some stuff you just know you can't put on God. So when you can't put it on God, you're like, that's fine, because it's your fault. God, it's going to be one of those things. So here's what it is. He blamed God. He, what does God represent? Somebody who cared for him, somebody that loved for him, loved him. And watch this. Somebody that was right. 
Be careful when you blame up. Leadership. Be, ca- be, careful, be careful when you blame stuff going on in your life up. God, if I had another supervisor. God, if I had another manager. God, oh, God. I just and then secondly, he blamed others. He, he wouldn't set, accept any personal responsibility. Not one time in that interaction did he say, you know what, God? The buck stops here. I shouldn't have done this. I could have done this. At not, not one point he did that. Say, Adam, uh, literally there, uh, Adam, which just means man or mankind. That is when the Bible said in Colossians, you're old man. That's who it's talking about. It's talking about Adam. So in essence, the scripture is saying, take off Adam. What does Adam do? He blames God, or what did we say? He blames vertically. And, and, and then who else does he blame? Others. What's that? Horizontally. So the Bible is saying, stop blaming up and stop blaming out. And start looking in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor says, it's going to be so simple tonight. Don't you miss it. Uh, okay, because sometimes the simple stuff we miss, all right? Uh, so when the Bible says in Colossians, uh, but put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge and, and, and put off the old man uh, with his deeds. Matter of fact, look at that at the end of verse 9. I want you to see that real quick. It says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his what? Deeds, his actions, the things that he does. All right, put up Colossians 3 and 9, please. It says, if you then were raised with Christ, uh, uh, or excuse me, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Okay, we're going to put it up or we're going to put it up. There it is. There it is. There it is. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Now say, Adam. No, excuse me, because you're talking to the old you. Say, Adam. In the name of Jesus, you have to get up out of here. You have stolen from me. You've ruined relationships. Never again. Somebody's going to get free tonight. If it ain't nobody in here, somebody online, you're going to get free tonight. Shout, I'm getting free. Now, now you say, Bishop, Bishop, what's so important about this? Adam's inability to handle being confronted cost him everything. God comes to him to have a confrontation, and we'll look at the definition of confrontation because you can have a confrontation without being confrontational. Adam's inability to handle being confronted cost Adam everything. Go to Genesis 3.23. Genesis 3.23. I want you to see what it cost him because the next time you think about blaming God or blaming somebody else, I want you to see the price you're paying because you're paying the price whether you know it or not. I said, you're paying a price whether you know it or not. Genesis 3.23, you got it? It says, therefore, who? Come on, Wednesday. Put him out of the garden. All right? To till the ground from whence he was taken. Leave the verse up. I want to break the verse down. Leave it up for me. Therefore, God said, get out of the garden of Eden. It's interesting that the, word, uh, that the Bible records Eden again here because the Lord wanted to be very specific about the place Adam was getting kicked out of. There was a garden in Eden, but not all of Eden was a garden. Now, check this out. He says, send him out of the garden of Eden. Eden in Hebrew means land of voluptuous living. He, he, he said, Adam, you're going to start living like a loser. Get out of my land of voluptuous living. And go start living like a loser. Now, I didn't make you to be a loser. Revelation 1.6, I made you to be a king and I made you to be a priest. I made you to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. But because you blame me and because you blame others, go live like a loser. 
Put the camera on me. And that's why some of you know people and you got family members and you got situations and circumstances that are going on in your life and you're trying to figure out why in the world do I keep living and experiencing mediocrity and why do I keep living like a loser? Can I suggest to you, maybe if you stop blaming God and stop blaming other people, you can get back to Eden. Put the verse back up now. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the land of voluptuous living. The land was so voluptuous, it didn't have to rain. A mist came up and watered all of the greenery. They didn't have to say open the floodgates because they were always perpetually open. They didn't need an outpouring because every time they walked out, it was wet. They didn't have to worry about drought. I'm going to help somebody tonight. They didn't have to worry about drought and say, Lord, get me out of this. Because every time they walked anywhere, it was done. The Bible says that there were four riverheads that brought precious jewel and gold and onyx and bdellium. They brought all of these jewels. Check this out. Adam had this river that broke into four streams that watered and, and dealt with the entire garden. Check this out. All Adam had to do was be a steward over everything that was provided for him. You're missing it. From, watch this. Pretend for a moment that the river was one man. You. Okay. That river then had four streams, watch this, that were providing everything that he needed to perpetuate voluptuous living. No, you didn't get it. It wasn't where he was having to sweat and work hard and, and work 40 hours and 80 hours. And he didn't have to do all of that. The, the system was set up so that it would perpetually sustain him. One river, four riverheads. It brought him everything he needed. You missed it. He didn't have to say, Lord, show me. Every day he woke up, it was there. He didn't, watch this, he didn't even, watch this, have to sow seed. Because the seed was sown by God. He just had to be a reaper of what God had already sown. Okay, all right. Put the verse up. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of what? Voluptuous living. That's what Eden means. Check this out. To till the ground from whence he was taken. That's so powerful. I, don't, I, I may just stop right there because I don't know that y'all are ready for the rest of this tonight. He said to till the ground from whence he was taken. Look, look at me. Look at me. Watch this. God says, go back to the spot I took the dirt from. And go back and work the dirt that I originally pulled you from. He said, he said, he said, Adam, since you don't want to take no responsibility, since you don't want to admit that you could have done anything differently, oh Jesus. He said, I tell you what, go back to where you started, watch this, and let your beginning become your story. Let your beginning become your, you ever seen people that were like shooting stars? They shot up high. And then when you look at them, they, they, they stuck and they can't, I'm going to help somebody. They're stuck and they can't move and they're trying to figure out why can't I move and why can't I get out of this place? And it just seems like I'm working hard, but I'm not moving forward. It's like I'm on a treadmill. Can I suggest to you that maybe the reason is, is because God says, get up out of this land of voluptuous living and go back to where you started and work there. 
Think about how, think about, see, everybody started differently, right? Your neighbor, maybe you had a silver spoon, maybe you had a, a gold spoon, maybe you had a bronze spoon, uh, uh, maybe you didn't have no spoon, maybe you had a spork, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't have a spork, maybe you just had to use your hands and eat your rice out the bowl. I don't know, I don't know your story. Everybody started somewhere different. But what God was saying to Adam, he was saying, Adam, if you do not learn how to handle confrontation without blaming me and blaming other people and blaming leaders and blaming vertically, he said, if you do not know how to do that, Adam, then the only thing I can do for you is send you back to where you started so you can perpetually work on going nowhere. Did you see that? He said, go back to where you started and till it. Work it. He said, work where you started, but I'm never going to give you anything greater than what you started with. It cost him what, y'all? Everything. And then if you look at verse 24, we won't look at it tonight, but if you look at verse 24, the Bible even says that God put up a cherubim with a flaming sword, and he was like, listen, th th this is, hey, don't even come around. You, you, wanted, you wanted to mess with stuff I said not to mess with? Come up in here again. Come see me. <sighs> Say, Adam, you will not rob from me again. All right, two, 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 two things, two things I want to get you, two things I want to get you tonight, two things I want to get you tonight, all right? Uh, the first thing is this, conflicts, disagreements, and confrontations are a part of life. It's life. If there are never any of those three, then neither party cares. If there's never a conflict with anybody in your life, then that just tells you that they don't really care anyway. Confrontation carries a cost, so someone that doesn't care won't be willing to pay the cost. Confrontation, di uh, uh, conflict, disagreement, and confrontation, they're a part of life. So if you're not experiencing those, I want to submit to you that it might be because neither party cares. Are you still here? Now, let's define our terms so we can be on the same page. Because some of y'all, you, you hear the word conflict and different things come to mind. So let's define our term. The word conflict means to clash or disagree. To clash or disagree. Okay? So then, hence the next term in our title, disagreement. Okay? So then we can say with a bit of certainty using deductive logic that a conflict and a disagreement are essentially one and the same. All right? Now, confrontation, listen to this, because when we think of confrontation, what do you think of? You think of people yelling? You think of people, what, fighting? You think of people getting their razor? I'm just kidding. That's the old you. What do you think of? What else do you think of? You think of people getting excited? You think of people getting loud? You think of people getting stressed? You think of people, you know, getting up and walking around like they don't know what to do? Like, what is that going to do? Listen to what confrontation means. To face or deal with. That's a confrontation. That does not mean fighting and arguing and screaming and hollering. But, but, but now check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. If we aren't taught how to do this and how to have conflict and disagreement, then we will pay the same price Adam paid over and over and over and over again. How many marriages, how many friendships, how many relationships, how, many, how much have you lost calling it God, but the truth is God just used it and turned it and worked it, but it wasn't supposed to be that way because you acted like Adam. 
I'm going to say it again because I just said a mouthful. How much have you lost and suffered and dealt with because you wanted to act like Adam and you said, well, that just wasn't God's will? Well, maybe it was. Maybe you just. See, see, watch this. Can I, can I help you with something? Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. All right. So here's what God does. God takes the good, the bad, the ugly, and he makes it work together. Now, the Bible doesn't say that he makes all things work. It says that he makes all things work together for the good of them that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. Now, check this out. That means there are certain things that you do and there are certain actions that you take and, and, and so on and so forth that God said, I didn't tell you to do that. And it's, and it's contrary to my word. But God says, I'm so big and I'm so great that I'll take that and I'll make it work but you went through unnecessary hell. How much unnecessary hell have you gone through? How many unnecessary tears have you shed? How many unnecessary fallouts have you had with people because you chose to put on Adam rather than saying, you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you're not going to do that to me anymore. And what does Adam do? He blames God, and he blames vertically, and then he blames horizontally. That's the simplest way to do it. He blames up, and he blames out. Never looks in. Did you get that? Okay, so now, when, when, you, when you're dealing with somebody tomorrow, and they're acting like Adam, just do a hand signal so they get it. Just Matter of fact, we're going we gonna to start a dance routine. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? Watch this. Watch this. All right. All right. So the conflict is to do what? Clash or disagree. A and those should what? Should happen. What's a confrontation? To face or to deal with. Okay? All right? All right. Now, now, here's the second thing I want you to get. Okay? So the first thing I told you is that those things are part of life. Second thing, confrontation should be good communication. All right, and, and I'm going to drop my anchor right here, and, and we're going to spend some time here with good communication. Make sure you write the word good communication, com communication down because communication by itself is too vague. We want to communicate well. We're going to have good communication. All right, so let's look at this. Let's look at this. The dictionary finds communication as an act or, or instance. For my note takers, wait, I'll tell you what I want you to write, note takers, because if you're trying to write all this, what I'm saying down, you're just going to get lost. And then you're going to be stuck here. I'm going to move on. We're going to be 20 more minutes into the message. And you're still going to be saying, okay, so now what did he say? It's an act. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what I want. Tell you what I want you to write. It, watch this. It's an act or instance of transmitting information communicated in a verbal or written message by the process by which information is exchanged between individuals. Here it is. Through a common system of symbols, signs, and behavior. That's the part I want you to get. It's transmitting information between individuals, between a common system of symbols, signs, and behavior. Okay? Now, I, I, I need you to say with me. Effective communication. Say good communication. All right. How many people, watch this, how many people you think you're a good communicator? Oh, okay. Well, we got some honesty in the church. All right. Praise God. How many, how many of you know you are not a good community? You know it. Okay. All right, good. All right. How many of you are not sure? Okay. 
right, all right. Here's the deal. By the time I finish these, these next couple of things here, you are going to discover that perhaps you have not advanced in communication as well as you thought that you had. Now, now look at your neighbor, though. Say, he's not judging. Say, our pastor wants us to be better because our God does. Because it's good to shout in church and overflow and he's always going to do that. That's real good. But here's the thing. Don't mess it up when he gives it to you because you can't communicate. Y'all ain't going to hear what I'm saying. When the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow, which means, watch this, God can give you something and then you mess it up and then say, well, it wasn't God's will for me to have it. Oh, no, my friend, you just brought sorrow to yourself because you didn't know how to handle what he gave you. I can't tell you how, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. I can't leave that alone. No, no, I'm leaving it alone. No, I'm leaving it alone. Watch this. Say good communication. Okay, when there's good communication, it opens up discussion. When there's good communication, problems get solved. Okay? When there's good communication, people get interested and involved in being a part of the solution. Uh, when there's good communication, emotions that have been stored up are released. Uh-huh. When there's good, and see, the problem with emotions is that when those things stay in you, uh, you end up becoming a ticking time bomb. Bishop, what do you mean? Emotion, E. Uh, can I give you the etymology of the word? I feel like I, I haven't been able to preach or teach in seven years. I'd really like to just do it at least once. It's anniversary month. Can I do it once? I, uh, so watch this now. Then the etymology of the word, E, means out of. Emotion, motion, change. Out of change comes how you feel. So you feel the way you feel because of the change that you've experienced. Therefore, it is an emotion out of the motions of life, out of the change of life, out of the vicissitudes, if you will, of life. And so now, as you walk and do those things, all of a sudden now you develop a feeling about those things. That's an emotion. Now, if you do not have emotions, it is because you are a robot. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Check behind their neck. It makes it ain't no button. Now, now watch this. When emotions, how do they come? They come as a result of what? Change. Now, when you store emotions internally, it is the equivalent of you building up all of this energy and trying to keep it in a place that it was not designed for. It is trying to keep a nuclear bomb in your basement. So this is why people flip out and they go crazy. It's because they never learn how to communicate properly. This is why prisons are full of men and full of women that snapped and went crazy. Why? Because nobody ever said on a Wednesday night, let me teach you how to handle conflict, disagreement, and confrontation. And they're sitting up going through 12 steps of this and going through 15 steps of this and going to AA and all that. You know why all of that stuff happened? Because you never learned how to get the nuke out of your house. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, this nuke coming out. What happens when the nuke, exp when a nuke dis uh, uh, goes off in a house? It destroys the house. Check this out, though. It destroys everything around it. This is why people end up hurting the people that they really say they care about and love the most. It's because they don't understand that when you go off, you went off around everything. 
And you know what happens? Can I just uh, You know what happens when a nuclear bomb is discharged? Now all of that ground is contaminated and it cannot sustain life. That is why if you go to Chernobyl today, you'll find out that there's nobody living there. You know why nobody's living there? Even though that thing was decades ago, it's because it's still contaminated and it cannot produce life. And that's why you're saying, God, I, I want life and life abundantly. But he's saying, clean up your nuclear waste. He's saying, clean up your waste site. He said, you got way too much going on. You can't sustain life. That's why you jump from relationship to relationship and you call it, you pick it. That's why you jump from friendship to friendship. And I was trying to make the point that it releases emotions that have been stored up. Ineffective communication to the contrary. Uh, ineffective, the uh, Bible uses the word uh, evil. I say evil. Evil in the Hebrew means contrary to. Right? So evil is not pitchforks and demons and goblins and stuff like that. Evil means contrary to. Right? Evil communication or poor communication, ineffective communication, it diverts people from dealing with issues. You, you went in to talk about one thing, and then you got, well, I didn't want to say nothing. So now you took that nuke back home. And so now your children are paying for what you needed to say to somebody else. Okay. N now your pastor's paying for something you needed to say to somebody else. Or y'all ain't got nothing to say right there. Now your spouse is paying for something you needed to say to somebody else because you didn't discharge the bomb at the appropriate location. Okay. All right. Ineffective, evil, bad communication. It creates feelings of dissatisfaction. It leads to people becoming uncooperative. And the reality is, is when you communicate poorly, you become an enigma to people because they cannot understand you. Enigma means mystery. You're an enigma. They're like, what? Y'all remember that commercial? Uh, uh, the Geico commercial with the caveman? And y'all remember that one? And, and, and the cave, uh, and, and the, and the, uh, Cave, the lady was saying something to the caveman on they were like doing a, uh, a thing like they were on CNN or something like that and the lady was saying all this stuff to the caveman and, and she said you know she asked for a response she solicited a response from him and he was like uh yeah what <laughs> you ever got off the phone with somebody and said what you ever come out of a meeting with somebody and said what you ever finished talking to somebody and they were like does that make sense and, and you're like no but you start shaking your head because, watch this, Adam. If you don't understand, say, no, I don't get what you're saying. You're going to have to break that down to me. I remember somebody, one time somebody told me I love you. And, uh, and, and I said, really? I said, tell me what that means. And they were thrown off because they're just used to saying stuff because that's what Adam does. He just says stuff. And, and what's our normal response is, is somebody says that to you, you're like, oh, I love you too. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to throw a wild card. I'm going to say, really? Tell me what that means. And they're like, oh. Jesus said, if you love me, do what I say. Okay. Evil communication. Here, here it is. We're, we're probably going to have to wrap, wrap here. Evil communication. Uh, if, 
we weren't going into a brand new series this weekend, uh, God, I can pull this over. Because the weekend needs to hear this too. I thank God for CDs and videos and cassette tapes and VHS tapes. Watch this. <laughs> Who still got a VCR? Put them up. Who still got a Look at you. It is 2013. No, I'm just messing with you. Until recently, I had, I had a, a duplicate, you know, a double, you know. But now I try to put something in there, they don't work no more. All right, watch this. Say evil communication. Now, remember how the definition of communication was that, what did I tell you? It was a what? Common system of what? Signs, symbols, and behavior. Now, now check this out, check this out. Evil communication uses uncommon, watch this, system of symbols, signs, and behavior. That's evil communication. Uncommon system, or excuse me, uncommon symbols, signs, and behavior. Now, we're going to go back to Colossians 3.8, and I want to show you what evil communication looks like. Okay? All right. Now, we already know conflict and disagreement and confrontation is part of life. And can I tell you the truth? Somebody that really cares about you will, 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 will take the risk to pay the price to confront you. People that, people, that, people that endorse your mediocrity are people that hate you. And they cloak it in, but that's my friend. You know, you know how Jesus talked to his friends? The Bible says Peter, Peter is his friend. And, and Peter one day, Jesus was saying, he was saying, listen, Son of man is going to be taken up. I'm going to die. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But I'll be back in three days. I got to go run somewhere. I'll be right back. Said I got to get some keys. I got to go set some people free. I got to go give you the victory over power. Or excuse me, over death and hell and the grave. I got to do all that. I'm going to be back in three days. Peter's like, stop saying that, Lord. Don't let such a thing come out of him. He's trying to rebuke his leader. He didn't get the memo. So Jesus is like, you're going to betray me and deny me. Three times. How dare you sit up? So Jesus is like, Jesus is like, Jesus tells him, he's like, listen, get behind me, Satan. You know not the things which you speak of. And he kept on moving, and he dared Peter to get an attitude. Fix your face. You see what he did? He's like, listen, Peter. I ain't got time to sit here and try to figure out how to say stuff that's going to make you feel good. I need to just. He said, now, I don't have to beat you down and tear you down. At the same time, if I, don't, if, watch this. You know, you know what the issue is with people? Not, not you. Just look at them at the corner. Yeah, just don't, don't even. Don't, stop, stop, stop. Don't do too much. Do too much. Don't. You know what the problem with this is? They're so used to eating candy-coated stuff that they've never tasted real food. Okay, all right, all right, all right. All right, watch this. The Bible does say we speak to people with grace and we season our words with salt and we do those things. And all those things are great. But Jesus, he was like, listen, let me tell you something. He's like, listen, Peter, X, Y, Z, okay? Now that's the bottom line. All right? You understand what I'm saying? Okay, because what he's trying to say is that people that endorse your mediocrity, see, uh, a weak leader would have told Peter, Oh, Peter, I know you just care about me. That's why you don't want me to go. Isn't that great? Oh, I tell you, what, what a good guy. 
he is awesome. Jesus is like, no, hush. You don't know what you're talking about. And the pride of your statement is going to be revealed in the fall of your denial. Colossians 3.8. Now, so I'm going to show you what evil communication looks like. You ready? Now, can we be honest? Can we have honesty time? Can we have honesty time? Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I, I want to, for just a moment, pretend like you are sitting in my office, uh, and you are, uh, I'm sitting in my chair, and you are sitting and laying on the couch uh, to where I can help give you some therapy. You know what? They, they lay people down during therapy sessions, that kind of thing, so that they can relax. So touch your neighbor and say, just relax. Just release. Say relax. Relate. Release. So tonight, over these next few minutes, as I, as I reveal what evil communication, bad communication looks like, what I want you to do is when it's you, I just need you to indicate that it's you by getting up, Turn it around one time. Now, if nobody gets up and stands up, well, then hence the whole reason for the teaching. And then at the end of church, we're going to have a mandatory stand up and turn around. Okay. Right, now, if you've got to stand up multiple times, good. Bishop, why do you want me to stand up? For this reason and this reason only. Okay? It's the law of linkage. The law of linkage says that when something is done that creates a memory in your mind, you now link every occurrence in the future to that memory. Look, look at me, look at me, look at me. Take the verse down. Look, look at me. You, you link every occurrence in the future back to the memory of that occurrence. Let me prove it to you. Anybody ever touched a hot stove? Every time you see orange coals on a stove, what do you think of? The time that you burn your hand. I remember, I remember I was a kid, and, and my mother, she had some chitlins that were on the, uh, the stove. And uh, I just wanted to see if the chitlins were done. You know, oh, let me, uh, I forgot. Chitlins, chitterlings is what they call them uh, in the grocery store. And they are uh, a delicacy. Uh, everybody can't handle them. Uh, they are a delicacy of the swine. Uh, you understand? Uh, and, uh, and so anyway, uh, it's, 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 for those of you, I don't want to gross you out. For those of you who don't know what they are, they're, they're pig intestines. And they, they can clean them out a little bit, but when you get them, now, because I need to say this in Denver, because even those of y'all that be buying the pre-clean ones, you still got to re-clean the pre-clean. I just need you to know that. Don't be taking them out the thing and putting them in the pot talking about, no, they already cleaned them. <laughs> and then you wonder why you got all that parsley at the top of your stuff. That ain't parsley, baby. That <laughs> you <laughs> No. You see stuff floating in the chilling, just be like, I'm okay. When Thanksgiving comes up, you see stuff float, just be like, no, I'm good. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> be like, well, you eat chitlins every year. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Don't want to cast pearls before swine or something. Say a Bible verse. Say a Bible verse. Okay. Law of linkage. So the moment I call out something you've done and you get up and turn around, the next time you try to do it, you're going to remember you getting up and turning around. And you'll be able to stop yourself because you've linked now that response to you repeating that occurrence in the future. Do you get it? All right. that, that's why, that's why, uh, that's why uh, if, if, if you've ever, if you ever uh, had somebody, you know, you had a real loud noise, and 
that somebody did to you. Uh, uh, now, in the future, when you hear loud noises, you, you start thinking that. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's the law of language. Everybody got it? All right, here it is. But put the verse up, Colossians 3.8. But now you yourselves are to put off how many of these? All of them. The first is what? Anger. Okay? Evil communication, communicate. Uh-huh. Some of y'all just need to just stand up. Just go stand over there on the wall. And just be, he gonna be to just. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Anger. Here's what I need you to remember: is always one letter from danger. Look at me. Anger is always one letter from danger. He said. Put off your anger. Now, I know what some of y'all think, but, but, but Bishop, doesn't the Bible say be angry but sin not? Right. What he's saying is, is don't let that emotion explode in a way to where now you've gone from being angry to where now you're in danger. It transcends real fast. In fact, if you were typing, you could uh, transpose and make it danger when it was really angry. It's that easy to cross the line. So evil communication, it doesn't talk, it yells. Evil communication doesn't listen, it prematurely concludes. You ever been talking to somebody and before, before they finish what they're saying, you've already made up your mind about what you're going to say, but so you stop listening to what they're saying? And then you say something just like, like this, you're like, uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Say what you got to say. And you stop listening. Because you're like, I already know what I'm getting ready to say. Are you still here? Anger is one letter away from what? Danger. Now, look at, the look at the next thing he says. Put off all these things. Anger. Then he says, what's the next one? Wrath. Okay. Uh, go ahead. You want to know what wrath is? Wrath, the way I like to describe it, is wrath is hot anger. Wrath is where you've now gotten to the place, it literally means by definition, watch this, acting out or acting violently. Anger, watch this, wrath, give me, a, give me a chair, come on, give me a chair, give me a chair. Thank you, come on. Come on with it, Speedy Gonzalez. Gracias, thank you, sir. All right, watch this now. Wrath is sitting down trying to have a conversation. Well, you know, I just feel like when you did that to me, you know, that you, you didn't, uh, you didn't, you know, you, it just made me feel like you didn't really care when you did that. <laughs> Come on, cameraman. Didn't care. Didn't care. I've been with you for 15 years. If I didn't care about you, what? No, 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 no. no. DMX. No, no. You didn't feel me, though. You didn't understand what I'm saying to you. I'm trying to speak to my son. I'm trying to do Wrath. Then it acts out violently. All right, come hold me back. Come on. Come hold me back. Come on, I need to you to hold me back. You know, I, I know I'm slimming down, but don't let it fool you. I'll South Memphis, don't mess with me. Wrath. People get all crazy, and you got to have extra folks to have a conversation. 
You ever went to meet with somebody but had to take people with you because you just, uh, you know how they do. <laughs> Rav gets up out the chair and is like, no, 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 no. Be trying to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank y'all. And you're like, what are you doing? We're trying to talk about why you didn't pay your $22 phone bill. Rav, acting out or acting violently. But watch this. I know some of y'all are thinking, oh, thank God, Bishop. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm not violent like that. <laughs> no, you know what you do? You fake cry. You conjure up fake emotions in order to manipulate. That's wrath. Mm -hmm. Somebody said to you, what were you doing? And evidently, you couldn't, you're getting ready to lie because actually, what were you doing? That didn't require tears. It's quiet here. Malice likes to show because it doesn't know how to deal. It likes to show because it doesn't know how to deal. Y'all still here? The next thing, malice. He, he says, put the verse up. He says, but you yourselves put off how many of these things? All of these things. He, he says, anger, wrath, malice. Malice means the intent to harm. It, it, it's the root of these words are the same uh, of, of malevolent, which means evil or wicked. Malice means, watch this, I'm going to say that to you because I know it will hurt you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's what it does. Mm -hmm. Malice says, watch this, I know where you're weak. And I will use the weakness I know about you in order to wound you. Jesus. Now, just so y'all know, this weekend, just in case the Lord throws an audible, I'm not going to reteach it. We're just going to put the video up. You understand? Because we may need to repeat this one. And look, we're only halfway through the verse. Malice says, I know that you're sensitive about this area. So that is exactly where I will take my sword. And that is exactly where I will insert it. Because I'm going for blood. In a child, can we talk about it? In a child, malice says to the parent, well, how are you trying to tell me what to do? You can't even marry right. Even though that might be accurate. Malice has malevolent and a wicked intent. Malice, watch this, to a Christian who's, who's trying to improve their life and trying to improve the teaching. Malice says, and you call yourself a Christian. Y'all going to act like that? Y'all going to do it like that? Y'all going to do it like that? Malice from a parent to the child tells the child, well, no wonder your daddy don't want you. 
knows the weak spot and it goes for it. Malice says, well, no wonder you, you, I mean, it's already your second man. It's already your third. It's already your fourth. It's already your 17th. Malice says, well, now wonder don't nobody want you. Malice says, well, that's why you didn't graduate. It knows exactly where to damage. It knows where the aorta is, and it grabs for it, and it whips it. The apostle tells the church at Colossia, Colossians, he tells them, put off being wicked towards people. Because the only reason you're saying it is to inflict some harm. We've all done that. And if you say, no, Bishop, I haven't, you did and you didn't know you were doing it. Well, you ain't what I'm saying. Okay, let's move on. Let's gotta move. Gotta move. Blasphemy. He says, put off what? Blasphemy. Blasphemy means this. Lit- uh, blasphemy uh, in the origin of the word, blasphemy really dealt with vertical relationships. Blasphemy was a, a person's attempt to try to uh, demean or bring down a superior or a leader or someone that was greater than them in its original form. So that's why the scripture talks about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth. That was the original root of the word blasphemy. Over time, it got a greater meaning, and it means this. To insult and disrespect. To insult and disrespect. Uh huh. Now, some more of y'all need to turn because I've seen you do it. No, I'm just. Now, now, now watch this. Blasphemy says, "Now I'm going to insult you." So it's very similar in malice, but blasphemy just grabs anything. Blasphemy be like, "That's why your hair is that short." Blasphemy is like, and that's why when you be going to the gym, you don't be getting no results. It's like, it's an insult. It's just designed to throw stuff. It's like a food fight, and so it's like, whatever I can grab and throw, I'm going to throw. It's quiet in here. Blasphemy is like, whatever I can grab and throw at you, I'm going to insult you. Got it? But then blasphemy, on the, on the flip side, it, ins- it disrespects. So blasphemy will find a way, watch this, to demean or to take a person, and, and literally in the, in the definition of the word, to take a person down to bring them to you. So, so you respected your supervisor. But now that you're in a confrontation, you want to take them from being your supervisor and bring them down to being with you because you're disrespectful. It's quiet up in here. Y'all should have told me. Y'all listening? Is it, is, it, is it getting good on you? It's good marination, ain't it? It's, good. it's marinating good. Because, see, people will do this stuff and say, I heard somebody one time say something. Somebody said something crazy to me one time. I, I was trying to correct them. And I was trying to help them because I, they were going down a path that, that was just going to, and I told them, I said, you're going to destroy your life if you do this. I was trying to correct them, and I was trying to help them and walk with them through it. And, 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 and they said something 
from over here. And I said, what'd you say? Yes, sir. I said, what'd you say? And, 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 and the whole purpose of saying it was to pull you down. Because then I can justify what I've been allowing myself to think and say about you. Not understanding that Romans 13 says that all authority is given from God. And when I disrespect and I dishonor and I disobey the authority, the Bible says that you've dishonored God. Oh, you don't believe it says that. Go to Romans 13.1. Put it up, Romans 13.1. Let's just look there real quick. Let's just take a quick, let's, we're going to just take a quick walking break right over there. Okay, just a quick lunch break. Quick, quick, quick lunch break, okay? You ain't even got a full 30 minutes. Okay? You got 15 because you have to stay on the call, have your lunch. Okay, here it is. Let every soul, what does that mean? Mind, thought, will, emotions. How many of them? All of them. Be subject to who? Governing authorities. Exousia, the word there. For there is no exousia, authority, except from who? God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by who? God. Which means you're saying, but Bishop, that, that boss of mine not even saved. But read your Bible, God says, I'll put them up, I'll take them down. And sometimes God will put you under someone that is not saved so they can be like sandpaper to you to refine you. But then sometimes he will put you under people to show you what you look like. Verse 2, put it up. Y'all okay? Therefore, whoever, say I'm a whoever. Preach it to me, say I'm a whoever. Resist or goes against the authority. Watch the Bible. Resist the ordinance, the government, the order of God. And check this out. Some of y'all wondering why you keep going through these big, huge things. And those who resist will bring judgment. What's judgment, Bishop? Correction by force. It's where God says, I, okay, I gave you time, now I'm just going to do it. On who? Themselves. Oh, y'all didn't like that. Y'all didn't like that at all. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Okay, let's go back to Colossians 3. <laughs> Insults and disrespect. Here's the next thing. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 8. Here it is. It says, and now you yourselves will put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Look at it. Filthy language. Oh, yeah, no. Uh-huh. Don't, you, don't you be sitting there acting. You know. You know. Some of y'all that had to get prayed up right in between the car and the, and the, and the sidewalk coming into the church. Can we be honest? I know you're real spiritual, but that neighbor, I thought you know I've been talking to him on that. that. I know you're real spiritual, but sometimes you even had to come from the car, walk in and just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, Lord, just touch you, Jesus, fill me, Jesus, fill me, Lord, touch Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Filthy language here is greater than just what we would consider profanity. Okay? Filthy language here deals with, watch this, an overall approach to words. So filthy language is using words with people that are similar to the things we talked about with malice and blasphemy, but filthy language also deals with words that are, that are designed not to edify on purpose. You're stupid. You're so dumb. You're so this. You're just crazy. Crazy like your sister. Crazy like your mama. Crazy like your daddy. It's quiet in here. 
It's filthy. You talking about you're going to do this. You ain't going to do nothing. You're going to be just like your. It's filthy. Because it's not designed to edify. It's designed on purpose to remind a person of their limits. By the way, I, I was supposed to be turning the whole time. I was just trying to get y'all right. <laughs> trying to get y'all right. It is. It's a language that's designed to tear down. It's designed. It's very similar to the others, but it's an overall approach to speech. See, let me tell you if you've got a filthy language problem. You don't just say it about others. You talk that way about yourself. That's how you know you've got a filthy language problem. I just never do anything right. Filthy. Cussing self. I just don't know why I keep making the same mistakes. Filthy cussing self. That's what you're doing. See, when you do that to you, that's why you don't have a problem doing it to other people. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, which means I can't give you what I can't give me. So if I give me filthy language, I got to give you filthy language. So if I can't see myself being great, I sure ain't going to see you being great. It's quiet. Filthy language. I, I, just, I, I just don't know what's wrong with me. Take you some notes, listen to you some CDs, and you'll figure out what's wrong with you. You know, sometimes, can I, can I, just, can I just, just have a moment? Using my confession, I just need a moment. It amazes me how people can be, can sit under the word. And I can't speak for anybody, but I, I can't do that. I can only speak for me. But it amazes me how people can sit under it and hear it and listen to it and get it and write CDs and, and, and write notebooks full of notes and, and, and all of that. And then still not get it. You, you, know, you know why they don't get it? It's because what's competing with them hearing is them talking. You can't hear me because you talk too much. You can't hear God through your man of God because you talk too much. You said, I just know why my life is here. Play the CD. Just play the CD. Don't talk, don't say nothing. Silence is golden. They used to say it like this Hush, somebody's calling your name. You can't hear when you're talking. That's what I'm trying to say. I just can't figure out God this. And see, then you go back to Adam. See, I've been going to church. I've been taking notes. I've been listening. I've been doing all that. And it's not working. Blaming God. Blaming vertically. Blaming horizontally. Because you went back to Adam. But the reason you went back to Adam is because you have been talking the whole time. You never, can, can I say it real frank to you? Can I talk to you how Jesus would talk to you? You never shut up long enough to hear anything that could change you. You never shut up long enough to hear uh, that, that God wants you to be the curse breaker. You never shut up long enough to hear that. Because the moment you heard it preached, you got up and you shouted, Ooh, that's right, Bishop. And then you went back right out there and said, we just got so many curses on our family. Did you not just hear me pour out to you for 45 minutes about how you're supposed to break that? No, because the whole time I was preaching, you talking. got good notes. But you talk too much. 
filthy language. What, what did the man of God tell the people at the church in Colossians? What did he tell them? He said, put it off. Check this out. He said, when you find yourself doing it, see, that's why you stood up and turned around. When you find yourself doing it, take it off. Somebody said, Bishop, how do I do that? And it was real, real simple. And I'm going to show you. I can't, I can't get to the rest of this. It's real simple. Here it is. Uh, you ever iron something up? I mean, and you worked hard on it, too. And then you use half the bottle to start. You're like, these jeans are going to be like razor blades. I mean, these. Okay. Right? And, you, and you're ironing. You were going. And, and, you're, do, and you're doing it. And then, here, and then, and then, and then uh, all of a sudden, your iron decides that on your white jeans, on your white t-shirt, ladies, on your white blouse, all of a sudden, your iron decides that after working fine for the 20 minutes you have spent ironing this garment, that at that moment, it wants to leak the rust. that's been in it. You getting this? Now all of a sudden, watch this. Watch this. Somebody's going to get through right here. You're going to get through right here. You're going to get this right here. Stop talking. Listen. And all of a sudden, even though you had been investing time in ironing that garment, all of a sudden, you now discovered, I can't wear that. I've been used to talking like that for 47 years. But I found out when I stopped by harvest, I found out that it's damaged and it's dirty and I can't wear that anymore. It don't matter that I've been talking like that for 30 years. It don't matter that I've been talking like that for 20 years. I can't wear that. Take it off. I dare you. Let's just touch somebody next to you and say, take it off, take it off. Take. I can't wear it. It don't matter how long you've been that way. Stop tonight. It don't matter how long somebody's listening to me on the internet campus. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing that. You cannot wear it. Put the verse up. Put the verse up. But now you yourself, put it off. Take it off. You can't wear it. It's got rust on it. It's got stains on it. You can't wear that anymore. I know you've been saying how rough it is for you financially. And guess what? That's filthy language. Shut up. Take that off. Tomorrow on Friday when you get your paycheck, say, I thank God I got so much. I just am walking in overflow. Uh, God, you're going to find a way. You're going to make a way out of no way. I thank you that you I feel like preaching. I are you making me the head and not the tail? You're making me the lender and not the borrower. And even though it looks like I'm borrowing now, that's just because I'm a lender in training. And every bank needs to borrow from a bank to get their banks. I declare that I may have been talking filthy language for a long time, but I'm not going to do that another day in my life. I wish I had a church that would give God praise in this place. If you said, I'm not putting that on anymore. I'm, I'm not, I can't wear that anymore. Everybody's standing. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't wear that anymore. He said, he 
to Seth. He said, but you now yourself put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. We didn't even get to verse 9 and 10. We'll get there. But I think you've got what you need to do right now. Hear me. Life is going to either happen to you or you're going to happen to life. greatest tragedies is when people throw away mess up right before their breakthrough. Hear, hear me, hear me. This is for somebody. I don't know who this is for, but you better hear me. God said he needed you to hear this because your filthy language about yourself. He said, you, you, you know what I'm saying? God said, I've got something I'm working on that I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered the heart, the mind of man. And then the verse goes on and says, but I've revealed it by the Spirit. Bishop, how did God reveal it by the Spirit? There is always great turmoil right before great increase. Always. Can I, can I teach you something about God? Can I teach you something about God? Can I teach you something about God? God always subtracts to add. He divides to multiply. You just didn't understand his math. God's got something working right here. I, 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 was, I, remember, I remember a time ago. I remember, y- y'all all right? I, I, remember, I remember a time ago. Individual was going through some things, and walking through some things, and, and the Lord had said it in me to do for this individual what they could not do for themselves. And, and I won't go in detail about what God was going to do, but I was going, hey, listen, they're going to be like the Egyptians. They were going to have been messed up, jacked up, tore up, broke, uh, and tore on Sunday night. But it, it just took one word. I'm not God, I'm a human being. It just took one word for me to take that person from that place in life to being successful and having things they've never had before. And on the day I was ready to favor them. See, God always favors and blesses the people. Given it shall be given unto you, Luke 638, press, uh, press, Given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men pour into your bosom. See, the person that you're fighting in your confrontation may have been the person that the day before said, Tomorrow, when I see them, I'm going to do for them what they cannot do for themselves. God, I was, I don't know who this is for. It's for somebody. Hear me. On the day, are y'all hearing me? On the day, the day, not the night before. Excuse me, sometimes my southern comes out and I say words like before. And, and ain't nobody, and you know, okay, just, you know, y'all know. On the day of getting ready to do for them what they could not do for themselves, they made choices. And I said, I cannot bless them. They didn't know was back here 
the whole time, they forfeited because they could not handle the confrontation. What if God had for you tomorrow the very thing that you needed from him the most that you cannot do for yourself? You need him to call somebody to do this for you. What if that was hiding in a confrontation? What if it was hiding in a disagreement? Now, now can I tell you a little bit more about the story? Three times that happened. And, and I said, my goodness, if, if I only knew that God had been, the Bible says the heart of a king is in God can turn anybody and make anybody do anything he wants to do when he wants to do it. See, God will take the person that hates you the most and cause a confrontation. And then you walking out of that thing saying, my goodness, God, uh, I'm through. I just want to say to somebody, do not allow, do not allow evil communication. What you just learned about don't let that rob you of what's back here. Don't let it rob you. Don't let it rob you. Somebody is ready to do for you that you cannot do for yourself. But it's hidden. Listen to somebody. It's hidden in a confrontation. Remember, confrontation doesn't mean you don't do confrontation at all. It's hidden in facing you hear what I'm saying? Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you for your word. We speak to Adam, our old nature, and we declare that he is dead, and we take him off. We take off malice. We take off blasphemy. We take off anger. We take off, we take all of that off, and we make a declaration in the name of Jesus to put on the new man. And tonight and tomorrow when the opportunity comes for us to operate in a way that is evil, in a way that is contrary to what you've ordained, we will put on the new man. 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 The new man. Tonight, tonight, if you're in this place, watching online, wherever you're at, if you're in this place and you do not know Jesus, if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, everybody, everywhere do it for just a moment. Tonight, if you don't know the Lord, I got good news for you. He wants to know you. And tonight, I don't want to assume that because it's a midweek experience that you know Jesus. And so tonight, if you don't know him, you want to become a Christian for the first time, the gospel is that 2,000 years ago, God died in your place to pay the price you'd never be able to pay, to give you what you'd never be able to give yourself. That's life and life abundantly. But secondly, if you're here and you've given your life to Jesus before, but you've fallen away from him and you've not been serving him, tonight's your night to come back to him. Maybe you're watching online. Tonight's your night to come home to the Lord. And so tonight, if either one of those is you, I want you on the count of
something to you, throw your hand up. And when you do, we're going to be excited for you. We're going to celebrate you because then we're going to lead you into a right relationship with Jesus. If you're not sure, be sure tonight. If you're watching online, be sure tonight. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, be sure tonight. One, two, three. If either one of those is you, throw that hand up. Hallelujah. 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 Now I want every hand lifted because nobody stands alone. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that the Bible teaches you died for me. You paid the price for my sins. Not only that, but you died so I could have abundant life. That means so much life that I'm bringing others back to life. I declare that today marks a change. I've learned something that can change everything. One word can change everything. I believe this word is that word for me. I declare great days ahead of me. I take off filthy language. I can do it. I can succeed. I will not be a lacking all my life. I will not be dysfunctional all my life. I am not a loser. I am not average. I am not an accident. I am not a mistake. I am a king. I am a priest. In Jesus' name. Would you give God a big shout all everywhere? I said give him a big shout all everywhere, everybody. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand here at the Aurora campus or if you're watching online, in just a moment we're going to give you some instructions on what to do. Do me a favor. Hug three people around you and just tell them. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.